A big thank you to our sponsor, Brianna Hoffman. She is a realtor. You all know she's who I use to buy my home. You know I'm a big fan of her. What I want to tell you is that she is offering something special to ICU podcast listeners. If you mention the podcast and you use her to both buy and sell your home, she is going to give you 50% off the listing fee. Mention this podcast and she will give you half off of your listing fee if you buy and sell your home with her. www.brianna-hoffman.com. That is a killer deal. I would definitely recommend it. Welcome to I See You, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Welcome to the ICU Podcast. This is episode 60, Why I Love the Grinch. The review for this week is from WillB97, entitled Awesome Podcast, five stars. Julie's podcast rocks. I love how she is so willing to ask the tough questions and tell people stories instead of glossing over difficult situations. Compassion and connection really do save lives. Yes, they do. Preach it. They really do save lives. Thank you for that review. And I really appreciate all the ratings and reviews. They help this podcast continue to grow. If you have not had a chance to rate this podcast and it's doing something good for you in your life, will you please go rate it and even leave a review if you can? Another way you can support the podcast is buying ICU Podcast apparel on the website at icupodcast.com. So I almost didn't even want to write the title the way I did it because there was this part of me that wanted to do like a charades game via this audio. You're just going to have to picture it. I would give you three clues and act them out for you. So the clues would probably be gifts, grumpy, and green. And you'd have to guess what the movie or story was, which is obviously The Grinch, right? I'm just going to brag for a second here. I do the most amazing Grinch impression when I'm pregnant, I think. I'm going to tell you exactly how you do it. This is how it looks. You got to put your wrists against your lower back. Spread your fingers out, not too wide. They need to kind of hang sort of naturally You got to hunch your shoulders forward, stick out your belly, which is where the pregnant belly really comes in handy. Or if you just have a food baby, that works too. A slight bend in your knees and then sort of do a mopey short-stepped march. That's the secret. Now you all can be like the Grinch. It's a storybook written by Dr. Seuss. Also, it's been made into a couple different movie versions. And my comments about it today, if I'm being honest, are probably going to mesh the three movie versions, and the Dr. Seuss book all in one. So I apologize that some facts will be different depending on which depiction you're familiar with. Or if you're like me, you're familiar with all of them because the Grinch is the best. Why am I talking about the Grinch today? So one reason I'm talking about the Grinch is because I like to quote it fairly often and Rob thinks that I like it because it has a weird creature in it. He's always seeing weird creatures and he's like, I bet you think that's cute, huh? Because it's weird. And he's usually right. I think baby Grinch and little kid Grinch is very, very cute. But the biggest reason probably that I want to talk about The Grinch today is because it's what's on my mind. In the Lee household, The Grinch just came out. So I've been wanting to get my kids into The Grinch Who Stole Christmas ever since they were born. But I made the mistake of showing Sam, my first, a clip of the Jim Carrey version when he was about two. And he cried and he's been terrified of The Grinch ever since. Super good mom moment for me. 
I did eventually get him to watch the old animated version later, but it took a while because he was so scared I was going to show him the Jim Carrey one. So he kept telling me how scary it was going to be. And I just keep telling him that we should watch the new Grinch because he's able to handle the old animated one. But he refuses, of course, because he says it's going to be scary. So luckily, listen how tricky this is. He saw it at his cousin's house a few months ago. And with all the cousins there, apparently he wanted to be part of the crowd and he watched it. Good old peer pressure, right? Gotta love it. And I remember when I came downstairs from playing board games upstairs with the adults and the kids told me that they had watched the new Grinch because the older kids had put it on for the little kids. I was like, really, Sam, you watched the Grinch? And he nodded at me and said, yeah, mom, it was so silly. It was a proud moment for me. The four-year-old in me wanted to tell him that I told you so, but I guess I chose to be a grown-up and just be happy that someone got him to watch it, even if it wasn't me. I don't need the credit. So now my kids are all about the Grinch. It's like when a movie comes out in the theater and all the kids are all about it. Well, I don't take my kids to the theater all that often. They're still pretty young. They're only four and three. So when I show them a movie at home, it's like it just came out and they're completely obsessed and it's all they want to watch and they tell everyone about it. It's like when Sam opens Space Jam in his stocking from Santa last year. Because Santa, mind you, not Mrs. Claus, Santa loved Space Jam growing up. He thought that Sam needed to be indoctrinated. So when Space Jam came out for the first time at our house, Sam was super into it and wanted to talk about it. Aladdin, Pocahontas, Pinocchio, you think those have come out? But they really haven't. Not at the Lee household. So when each of those come out, it's going to be big. Just wait. So my kids are completely obsessed right now with the new 2018 version of The Grinch, the one with Benedict Cumberbatch as the voice of The Grinch and Pharrell Williams as the narrator. And Rob and I like it for a lot of reasons, but also it's got some pretty sweet hip hop music in it, which we're always about. Most mornings consist of my kids dumping out their Duplos and then making on either side of the living room the Grinch's cave. Well, Sam calls it a cage. The Grinch is in his cage, mom, not his cave. And then on the other side is Cindy Luhu's house where we set up a tree and presents and stuff. Then the Grinch, who actually doesn't look like a Grinch, it's a little duple guy with black hair and glasses, but he is the Grinch. No one else can play the Grinch. The Grinch comes flying in on his rocket ship and then he steals Christmas from Cindy Luhu on the other side of the living room. He loads it up in his rocket ship and then he takes it to his cave, or should I say cage. So the storyline changes as time goes on. Somehow these days there always seems to be a monster involved whenever we play this. Cindy Lou and the Grinch, they'll get their relationship figured out, but then a monster comes and kidnaps them and then eats them. And really you never know what's going to happen every morning. It just depends on what Sam decides the Grinch's character is that day. But for today's purposes, we're going to stick with the traditional storyline of the Grinch Who Stole Christmas. In case you aren't familiar with the Grinch, I'm going to give you the plot line in like 30 seconds. So the Grinch is a big green hairy misfit who lives in a cave above a town called Whoville, which is a town that is obsessed with Christmas. The Grinch hates Christmas and he hates the culture of it. So he plans and carries out stealing Christmas, meaning the gifts, the decor, the food. And Cindy Lou Who is a little girl, a little Who girl who attempts to befriend the Grinch. And eventually his cold heart is changed and he returns all the Christmas stuff and he even joins the Who's for their Christmas feast. Some things to think about here are why did the Grinch live in the cave? Film versions show that he was hurt as a kid. It shows a little bit more of his backstory. In the Jim Carrey version, it shows people are mean to him and they make fun of him that he was left out. In the 2018 version, it shows him being very lonely and without family. And also the Jim Carrey version, it really points out how self-conscious he is about the way he looks, about how different he is. And you all know, I don't even need to say it, that what makes you different makes you powerful. That's what I always tell all the children, right? 
So bring this to us. I think a lot of times when people isolate themselves from a group or the community, a family even, it's because of bad experiences in the past. Even if it's all in our head, we can feel hurt by something that happened or we can make assumptions about the way people feel about them. And it's really interesting actually, because I feel like I had a vulnerable moment today where I tried to be vulnerable in a group and I kind of got my feelings hurt. And so it's funny because I was writing this outline and now I'm coming to record it, looking over my bullet points and things. And I'm like, oh, this is totally how I'm feeling today. Like I wanna just isolate myself up in a cave, not try and be vulnerable again, because it can be painful when it doesn't feel like it's well received. And it's interesting as an adult to just be friends with all sorts of people and then to find out later who people were in high school. So I was a pretty outgoing girl. I did the student council thing. I had friends and I feel like I was friends with a lot of people in different groups. But even still, there were still groups that I didn't breach the borders of or try to because I felt the assumption that they wouldn't like me or that I wouldn't feel belonging in. And some of that might be true. There are mean people out there, (laughs) they exist. And in the Jim Carrey version of The Grinch, there are those kids who legitimately are mean to The Grinch. It makes me so mad whenever I watch it and it breaks my heart when the little Grinch is crawling up the snow cat mountain and saying, I hate Christmas, I hate it, with his little lisp. Weird creatures, right? They're the most adorable. So I think partly the Grinch leaves Whoville as self-protection. And I know I've done that before. I'm kind of feeling that today, like I said, where I just want to go in a warm bath and sit there and just be by myself for a little bit because I'm feeling a little raw and on edge that I showed up in a way that I thought would be better received and it wasn't. But the problem is the Grinch never comes back down to Whoville. It just festers over time. He completely disconnects and he won't even give the Who's a chance to change. And I talk about this because I think sometimes we isolate ourselves from each other because we have been mistreated or we are self-conscious of our choices. Maybe we've made some bad decisions or just that we believe that we won't belong for some reason. So we hole up in a cave and we still might even know what's going on down in Whoville by checking social media. Just like in The Grinch, he can still hear the music down in Whoville, but it's not real connection. It's not like he's connecting with anyone. Just like real connection isn't scrolling through social media, right? It's talking to someone face-to-face It's breathing the same air as someone else. It's looking at them in the face. The Grinch isn't going to feel connection if he's scrolling through his Instagram and seeing that Cindy Lou Who recently went on a sledding trip, hashtag Christmas or bust, right? Like that's not going to work for him. It can even create, I think, resentment towards Cindy Lou Who if the Grinch isn't careful. And that's not even the story. That's just Julie's little modern add-in. Another reason why sometimes I think I can find myself withdrawing from other people and being tempted to go up in my cave is that in life experience, I think when you've loved deeply, you recognize that you're capable of getting hurt. And I know for me, that has come as a hard, challenging reality of life that we can love people a lot and that also gives them the permission to hurt us a lot. Or if we lose them, it can be really painful. To love is to also feel pain. But I guess where I come to with that is that I only have one life to live and if nothing else, I want it to be a rich life where I loved very deeply and I also felt a lot of pain because I lost people and I was hurt by people, but I know that at least I lived. I didn't hole up in a cave and have my life pass me by, growing more and more green, ugly, tangled fur. I do think it's also worth mentioning that I know the reality of being in a room full of people and feeling completely alone. I've definitely experienced that myself. And so I think there's a way to be in the cave mentally and emotionally and still be living in Whoville. 
And I honestly really connect with the Grinch when he says, I'm going to quote this for you because I got to get it right. He says, and then all the noise, all the noise, noise, noise. They'll bang on tong tinglers, blow their foo flounders. They'll crash on jang jinglers and bounce on boing bounders. And like I'm sure you can all relate, sometimes you need quiet. And I talked about this a lot on episode 55, finding quiet in a world of phones. I need quiet. And sometimes the louder outside of my body it gets, the louder my head feels. And I can't calm my mind down until my surroundings are quiet too. I think the trick of living my best life is setting up camp in Whoville, but having some sound canceling walls. What do I mean by that? Well, maybe in my home in Whoville, I'm going to put in a spa where I can sit in a jacuzzi with peppermint oil and read a book. Doesn't that sound amazing right now? Lots of fuzzy blankets and good food to eat. But I'm not going to be there alone all the time. I'm going to bring in people to share it. Maybe not the whole Whoville community, but I'm probably going to bring in a few people at a time because sometimes that's all I can handle. But I'm not going to move up to a cave to escape noise. And I think it's good for me to be able to handle some noise. It's something I'm working on. In my ideal world, sometimes I think that I would be able to control everything around me, but that's just not real life. To be honest, one of the hardest things for me about getting married and then becoming a parent was not being able to control my own space, having toys everywhere and a bed get messed up that just got made. It drives me up the wall. And people will ask me all the time, how do you keep your house so organized and clean? Which it isn't always organized and clean. So please, if you come over to my house, don't expect it to be. But I don't always know what to say to that because for me, it's survival. And I'm getting better at chaos. It's honestly something I'm actively working on. Last night, we celebrated my sister Amy's birthday and we had 12 kids here and we had eight adults. And I loved it. I loved hosting and things got crazy and it was fine. But I'm not someone that usually can handle doing that for days on end. And I know people who can and they've learned to handle chaos and are so patient with it so that they can be a better host. And I'm getting better and not constantly cleaning up after my kids, but it's something I have to fight against because if I clean up after my kids all day long and I don't teach them how to clean up their own space and then I just end up cleaning up the same space over and over again, sometimes I just end up not being able to get anything done or play with my kids enough. Rob has even gotten annoyed at times because he'll take a drink of water, set his glass down, and then he'll look over at something and he'll look back and his glass of water is already rinsed out and in the dishwasher. And he's like, what in the world? All I did is I saw a cup, saw a cup out. And so I thought it needed to be put away. I had no idea who's drinking from it. But sometimes he laughs about it because he's like, what in the world? Where's my cup? But that's sometimes just how my brain works. Organize, get in order. Everything's in order because when things around me are in order more, then I feel like I can order my mind better, which can feel really cluttered and loud at times. Totally a control issue for me. But what I'm saying is I get the Grinch mentality with all the noise, noise, noise. And obviously it's not like my house is free from clutter and noise all the time. But secretly, yeah, I think I wish it was. Sometimes a cave all by myself where I can control everything sounds pretty nice. But I don't think it's a rich, full life, which is why I choose to live in Whoville. So the Grinch is so hurt in this story. So what made him change? I've been thinking about that. He's hurt so much so that he did something crazy. He stole Christmas from the Who's. He literally steals presents from children. I don't think I'm quite at that level, even when it's all noisy. First, I think one reason that doesn't get highlighted a ton in the story, but is there, is that Cindy Lou Who makes an impression on him. Even in the animated old version, she makes him stop and think. And he makes a connection with another human being. I think that's the first step in the Grinch's recovery is he sees someone face to face. And I always say it's hard to hate someone close up. 
You cannot like someone, but then if you move in closer, usually, I think we usually find that our understanding increases for their situation and our frustration comes down a notch. So first, the Grinch made a human connection, not by looking at Cindy Lou Who via her Instagram account again, right? Hashtag Christmas or bus. But instead, he met her face to face. He saw that she was a human being with feelings. Second, he realized that the Who's were not what he thought they were. So in some of those versions, he thought that they were mean, like they were when he was growing up and for legitimate reasons. See, he had taken his bad experience as a kid and he blew it up over years and stewed and let it marinate. And he made it into this huge thing where he thought the Who's were shallow and that all they cared about were things. But then after he steals Christmas, he hears the Who's singing Christmas morning, despite the fact that he took all the Christmas things. I love this part. It says, and he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas perhaps means a little bit more? Well, in Whoville, they say that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And then the true meaning of Christmas came through and the Grinch found the strength of 10 Grinches plus two. What do I learn from the Grinch and why do I love the Grinch so much? Well, there's a few lessons, but I think two of the biggest ones are that sometimes we're wrong about people. Sometimes we make assumptions about them that aren't really valid. And as we move closer, we usually figure out that people are just people. And sometimes they suck. But a lot of times they're really cool and they're just trying. Another lesson, people can change. Both the Who's, some of who were mean as kids, they became nice adults. And also the Grinch changed. He was the meanest. He was so grumpy and angry and green and grouchy and adorable. But he was mean, but he changed. I want to be like the Grinch. I really, really do. Besides the fact that he's adorable and I do an incredible impression of him when I've eaten too much or when I'm pregnant with a human child. I want them to be able to say about me, he brought everything back. All the food for the feast. And he, he himself, the Grinch carved the roast beast. So maybe that's what I want on my tombstone. (laughs) I want it to be that I showed up and that even when I screwed up and when I got cranky and I went in my cave, that I showed up again. Not only did I show up, but I showed up better than I had before trying to be better. Never perfect, but that I did try and that I had courage and I tried to be a part of this community. Even when this community had hurt me at times. And even when this community had felt triggering or this community had been a reminder of painful things from the past, I want to show up again and again like the Grinch and show up and carve the roast beast. And am I the only one that always wants to say roast beef instead of roast beast? That is so hard to say roast beast. Anyway, so I guess what I'm trying to say in all of this is let's all be like the Grinch. And it's okay if sometimes we're grumpy and it's okay if sometimes we just want to hole up for a minute. But let's all try and build in Whoville instead of on top of the mountain and get your super thick walls, get your jacuzzi, your peppermint oil, your good books, your fuzzy blankets. I'm all about that. But let's try and reach out and be together and be a part of a community because we all know that this world needs it bad. That things may even get worse before they get better. But that together when we're within a community, when we feel that belonging, when we bring our individual gifts and talents that we were sent here with, it's going to make the experience so much better and so much warmer for every single person. And then we can really, truly celebrate together what makes our community special, which is all of our differences. See, I bring it back around every time. What makes you different makes you powerful. I wish you could all chant that. I think The Grinch is a beautiful story 
a story that we can all relate to of compassion, of how connection can change one human soul and how we all belong in a community. We all have something special to bring to a community. But if we're too self-conscious about trying to be a part of that community, I think we often do find ourselves holed up in a cave looking down on Whoville and not being able to find anything nice to say about other people and especially about ourselves. I hope you're a convert to the Grinch. Thanks again to our sponsor, Brianna Hoffman. What I was most impressed about Brianna when she helped us sell and buy our home is how patient she was with us in explaining every single detail, how patient she was in finding us the exact home we wanted. If you are looking at just finding out how much your home costs or what is out there, go check out her website. It's www.brianna-hoffman.com. If you mention that you are an ICU podcast listener and you end up buying and selling with Brianna, she's going to give you 50% off your listing price, which if you've sold or bought a home before, you know that that's a pretty big chunk of change. Also, if you know of a foundation or business that would like to sponsor an episode of the ICU podcast and help in the mission of compassion and connection saving lives, please send them my way at icupodcast.com. Next week is the beginning of season two of the ICU podcast. It's still going to be episode 61. I'm proud of how far we've gotten on this podcast. So there's no way I'm going back to episode one again, but it will technically be the beginning of a brand new season. So until next time, my name is Julie Lee and I see you. Do you know a group of people that needs to hear the message that compassion and connection save lives, that it saved my life? contact me at www.icupodcast.com. Seeing each other with compassion and connection not only saves lives, but it can completely transform a work environment, a school environment, and a religious environment. I am willing to talk to anybody that will listen because I'm right about this.